0: Where is InsurTech headed next? This is where indie agents own the answer. Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. Let's go. Welcome back everybody to another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. This week, we have Pat Klein, who is the Director of Accelerator Operations over at 101 Weston Labs. Now, what is 101 Weston Labs, you might say? And we're gonna answer that question for you. Um, But just at a high level, the state associations, uh, there there are a few key state associations who are bent on leading the charge to to really develop and um, uh, evolve the value that the association world brings to the independent channel. And um, and the, and those associations um, have started a number of different um, uh, efforts, including Catalyst, which is a sort of a tech resource and, and consultation center, and uh, most recently a insure tech accelerator. Um, so I I'm, I'm, we're going to get into why this is all happening and, and how it helps the independent agent, and ultimately. Um, we're going to, uh, dive into Pat's vast experience, um, running accelerators and, and really talk about what makes a good accelerator at the end of the day. So without further ado, welcome, Pat, how are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely, man. Really great to have you. And where are you out of today?
1: I am sitting in Raleigh, North Carolina. So we are, I actually live where we're based.
0: Awesome. Awesome. But you you didn't always live in North Carolina as as I remember.
1: No, I actually the uh, ten or so of the last 15 years, I've actually lived in Iraq, um, which will sound probably fairly strange to your to your audience. But um, I went over there originally as a university professor teaching business uh, at an an American university. So it was in English, which is fortunate for me, given my uh, my difficulties in learning languages. But uh, but and I went back and forth a few times, but the, the part that's relevant, I think, for, for this and my experience is that in 2017, I went um, back to Iraq with my now wife, and we started Iraq's first uh, ex- uh, incubator. Uh, she started a nonprofit that was focused on helping refugees and internally displaced people mm-hmm. uh, start businesses and, and create livelihoods through entrepreneurship. And so we built um, her co-founder, me and her, three of us built an entire accelerator and now it's still a running and operating organization. But that was sort of my first experience in, I had worked with entrepreneurs before, sort of as a consultant and, and, and helping people get projects off the ground. But that was the first time I had any exposure to sort of um, standardizing it and putting in a framework and really operating um, something like that. And then two years later, I went back to my university and started Iraq's first accelerator. So, um, and the difference just for your audience, for those who, who might be questioning what are all these weird terms, incubator generally is just an earlier stage. Um, you can come into an incubator with an idea and, and then you get all sorts of support. Whereas with an accelerator, and we'll dig into that I'm sure, uh, an accelerator you Generally, accelerators vary, but generally you have a product, um, you might have it out to customers, you might be actually earning revenue uh, on it already, but that you are looking for some extra help to accelerate it, to make it go faster, uh, to tap into networks and and those types of things. So happy to dig in there as you see fit, but that's, that's a little bit of of my background. And I started in this position Halloween of um, last year, and we've been building this thing uh, ever since.
0: Man, you have the most interesting story. I, I've, I, am going to buy your book one day when it's a bestseller on Amazon. Just so you know, and I'm saying right now that I would really like it autographed uh, sooner than later. Um, so, why, uh, what, what, why uh, an incubator in Iraq? Like that just seems. What, what? I'm just. I mean, I always like to you know ask the big question: Why? Um, yeah, I'm my, sure. My, My wife is
1: one of the only people I've ever known who wrote a thesis to go into graduate school and then lived out the thesis. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, she had this, she had worked with the United Nations Refugee Agency and she had this thesis that, once again, people who are displaced or um, from conflict-affected areas could rebuild their lives through entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And if you take a place like Iraq... When I went there in 2009, first of all, there's no local word for entrepreneurship, you know. So, like, that's where we started. It's 90% of the of the economy it runs through oil, as you can imagine. Uh, but over time, people realized that well, that's not sustainable. People wanted to pursue different avenues, and so Iraq is actually one of the places where internally displaced people and refugees have the right to work, which is a, an enormous. Um, advantage. uh, That's a weird word to use with Iraq, but it's an enormous advantage because not all countries around the world allow refugees to work. And so since we both had a background there, we said, hey, this is like a good place to to test out this thesis and whatever almost yeah, six years, I guess this month, um, Mm. it is is still going.
0: Wow. So is she overseas still then or
1: no, I mean, it's funny you say that because she left yesterday to go, uh, but we live here now. Uh, <laughs> we have a two-year-old daughter um, and thought it might be, we, we wrote out the pandemic uh, until February of 21 and, and decided that maybe it would be uh, wise to, to get some stability and, mm-hmm. and change our lifestyle a little bit. And so we, um, we're we both back here full-time, but she they also just expanded to Columbia, so she's in between oh these. Places, yeah. And Columbia is a super cool place too. I mean, it's it's um, has a lot of those same characteristics, but is a little bit more technologically advanced. So you can you can you can sort of upscale some of your offerings. And then for me, as it relates to this, you know, there is a certain amount of working with entrepreneurs that translates. Uh, sorry about the pun, but it translates across all environments. I mean, you know, people are trying to create great user experiences. They're trying to solve a problem. Um, you know they're they're validating their theses with customers, and so on and so forth. You know you need money to raise, etc. Uh, the difference is some of the technological applications and and um, and sort of yes the, the the level of technology and the and the sophistication of the problems that are being solved. And so I'm finding myself upskilling as well uh, to sort of catch up to to tech I've missed out on and those types of things. But but the fundamental aspects of what we're trying to do are, are basically the same. Mm.
0: So why why this particular accelerator? That the in in the independent channel, you know, with the state associations, because it sounds like you have enough experience. You probably could have, you know, walked into any vertical. You you know you could have you could have really had any opportunity. What attracted you to this position?
1: Well, in a strange coincidence, um, and I shared with you before, I am not. Uh, an expert in insurance by any means although that's part of part of how I'm upskilling as well Uh, yeah just a strange coincidence my my dad grandfather and uncle were independent agents so I grew up in this I grew up in an insurance household my dad just retired Hmm. four years ago I guess after 45 years in in his agency uh, started by my grandfather my uncle worked there Um, so so I have a lot of respect for what agents are doing, particularly independent agents. I understand problems they solve. I understand how they do it. I laugh because um, my dad is probably uh, would have been on the back end of technology adoption. Um, But you know, but like, at the same time, did enough to compete, knew that the world was changing, and technology was coming in, and and he had to update his his modes of operation. Um, But in just seeing that, It's a really interesting channel. I mean, I I think I spoke to somebody before and I said, and this will sound crazy and I realized that maybe people will just have to trust me, but there are elements of Iraq and insurance in the sense that it's difficult to, um, it's difficult to adopt technology like all at once. You know, my understanding of insurance is that it has been a lagging, certainly for the size of it, it you know, as a contribution to the economy, it has lagged um, other industries in its technology adoption. And there is reticence to use technology. And, you know, part of what we have to do and are looking forward to doing is is modernizing the industry. And um, so so that, that part's like super exciting. Uh, and so that's that's a little bit about why I jumped in. Um, the association itself, and Abi, our CEO, tells this story better than I do, so bear with me, but essentially they were getting a lot, he and the association was getting a lot of inbound from early stage insured tech companies trying to raise funds.
0: Mm-hmm. And they
1: have invested in, I think, a little over a handful, maybe seven or eight uh, early stage insured tech companies. And, and also we have partnerships with some later stage insurtech companies that are primarily focused on solving problems in the independent agency distribution channel. And he thought essentially, to hear him tell it, once again I'll paraphrase, but he thought essentially what more can we be doing and also can we formalize this? Can we not only offer money but offer um, expertise, experience, our network to help these companies grow? Because you know, IIA and C comes in at a small dollar amount relative to other investors, mm. uh, which means that that those founders rightfully kind of send updates and then and then you know cater to their larger investors. But but if we have other things to offer and and an ability to to help those companies, then then we become you know more of a bigger deal. Mm. And I think we have the opportunity to create a little ecosystem here. Of companies that are specifically designed for independent agents. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think the value too, because there there are some some other accelerators in the insurance in independent insurance space, I would say, but most of them are tied to large brokers. Um, and there is sort of this decision that you have to come to terms with, I think, as a as an entrepreneur, as an insure tech startup, where you've you kinda have to decide do you go to the right or the left? Do you go down you know, to, to the mid-sized market or do you go over to you know, these, these large brokers? Because honestly, they just work differently. They, they have different needs. Um, sometimes the tools have to be built a little bit differently. Uh, they need more customizability. Uh, and you know, we ran into that the last startup that I was at. Um, you kind of have to choose to some extent at the end of the day and and it seems like most of the accelerators out there um, really help connect you into that large broker space so if you were to make that decision you, you know that those other ones are a great space where i think 101 weston labs has kind of carved out a unique advantage is being able to to give uh you know that that insure tech startup with a good idea access to the mid-size market and, and make sure that the technology is built in a way that it, it, it fits into those models without um, you know, having to uh, you know, be eventually brought downstream later on when the pricing is, because again, if you go to the large broker out your pricing's gonna be different, tech's gonna be different, and, and then you have to sort of make this change at some point to bring it down into, into the midsize market. It kind of allows you to stay in that space um, early on while, you know, uh, and, not, and not give up, right, uh, the ability to get funding or have access to, to different agencies. So I'm really excited to see where it goes. I'll be curious to, you know, see how it all works at the end of the day. It's a great experiment.
1: Yeah, it is. And I think we're, um, you know, modestly treating it as, as such. Like I said, there are elements that carry over and then there are things that we also have to test. You know, you you mentioned the larger brokers and and we're very cognizant of of who those other um, organizations are and and don't really consider them competitors because we made this choice to be in this space where we think at least we're we're kind of alone Mm -hmm. and we're attracting and talking to what we refer to as the Main Street agents. You know, there are 40,000 independent agents in the country. Mm -hmm. Some percentage of them, you know, they fit the bell curve of technology adoption, right? Some percentage of them will be laggards and will say go away. But there is this uh, desire, I think, for agents to use technology that is built for them. And first of all, we're fostering that by helping these insure tech companies. But secondarily, and this is a key point I want to get across to your audience and people who listen to you all, is that we want agents to help us shape that so mm. we're really relying on independent agents to come in work with our companies be pilot testers um be user research you know get give answers and provide feedback to these companies so that they can help shape what this tech looks like uh, as it gets larger as it scales um and that and that the the insure tech companies and founders themselves always keep this audience in mind, and and I think you're right. I think there is a space for these solutions and aggregating these smaller to mid sized agencies up to a larger number, right? And 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 being able to sell into that space. And so, yeah, we're we're actively taking agents in uh, as as product testers and and eventually hopefully customers, right? I mean, I think one of the most Valuable things an accelerator can do certainly with our thesis on the world is introduce people to potential customers. Okay. Uh, it's very you say forty thousand and that's great, but it's a as you know I'm sure it's a fragmented market. You don't just call up forty thousand <laughs> agents. You know they're all they're all over the country in in little towns and big cities and yeah. everywhere. You know there are people. So um, so so we have to sort of develop our own theory on sort of who those people can be, but we're we're currently working with several dozen agents who are on board uh, to, to, to perform that role, and, and we'd love to have more. I mean, I'd love to roll out 20, 30, 40 you know, uh, agents to, to these companies. We're not there yet, quite frankly, but that's why we can keep taking on more and more people that are interested. So, mm. if, if you're interested, please reach out.
0: Yeah. Okay. So those of you guys listening, that's your call to action. 101 westonlabscom Check it out. I'm sure there's a form somewhere uh, to get involved. If you know of an insurtech that's looking for, uh, you know, uh, help and, and funding and growth, uh, these guys are awesome. So, Pat, let me ask a couple quick questions on, on how this accelerator is being built, because you, you came in and really started from nothing. I mean, there was like a, probably a blank piece of paper that Avi put in front of you and said, power "Okay, power. Yeah, yeah let, let's build an accelerator. So, where do you start? What does this thing look
1: like?" Well, that's a really good question. I mean, I, 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 I built, I'm a former educator, so I start there, and I think, what do companies at a certain stage want to learn about? What do they need to be thinking about? And so. I think, you know, I can't even remember because you're doing 10 things at once, obviously. But I think basically we put together a curriculum and then started just talking to people, Mm -hmm. people who had been through accelerators, people who were running later stage companies, Mm -hmm. you know, asking those questions about, like, if you went through another accelerator, what worked, what didn't? Um, What does mentorship look like in these different places? Like, how do you... How do you interact with other founders? Just different elements, and I'll I'll dig into those elements in a second, but but basically started with a thesis on what the curriculum should be, um, and it looked very different than than it would in Iraq for for, um, what I consider to be pretty obvious reasons, but but then just started putting together a schedule, a project plan, um, getting all of these people in place. I mean, really successful accelerators, are able to open up a vast network and unlock sort of the the wisdom of the masses, the wisdom of the crowds um, to to help these companies uh, grow and succeed. And so we really had to put a lot of emphasis on the people side of things and 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 get in touch with with folks that that have been there before, done it, have opinions, um, will come in as speakers, will act as mentors to these companies. And so we've been doing that for you know the last four or five months or so.
0: Mm. So what does this thing look like t- today? Where 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 are you guys at today? You have a couple uh, companies that are in the process. Are they just at the beginning? How, what types of companies are there? Where, where are you guys at?
1: So we just announced our cohort, I believe it was last week. I have to admit all of the weeks are running together um, <laughs> and we work with a great PR team and I'm gonna give them a shout out because Daniel and his team at the market retrievers are amazing and I would be remiss if, if I didn't mention that. Um, and so they're managing sort of these, these big public announcements that we're making, but we have eight companies in the cohort. It starts on June 12th. It runs for 12 weeks the elements of that, and I'll talk about the companies in a second, but the elements of that, just so your audience knows, is it's about a four to six hour commitment each week, and that breaks down into a couple of hours of education, about an hour of, of a talk or, or some particular event that is, that is designed not to be educational, but is designed to once again open up the network and hear from other founders and so on, and then an hour for peer groups. So, I'm a big believer, having worked with a lot of entrepreneurs. I'm married to a founder. Uh, no one knows no one no one outside of being a founder understands being a founder. and you really want to put people together with others who have done it or are doing it so that they can share that experience. and I, I and I really think it helps with building the culture of a, of an accelerator to have a really close knit group. And that's one thing I really want to focus on. I want them to, you know, there's some, there's some overlap in what a couple of them do, but by and large, they're not competitors. We made a very distinct effort to to not involve competition inside of a cohort. We really want them to like each other and to, and, and to learn from each other and to thrive in this environment where, where they understand each other because I'm sure that not a lot of people understand them in their sort of day to day lives. Um, having said that, the we have eight companies. I think I mentioned that. Uh, they're they're from a wider range of sort of um, progress than I think we were expecting. We opened this thing up, and that's one thing we learned is we got companies that we got companies that applied that were free product all the way up through. Wow. Yeah, we're doing like pretty good revenue here month wow. over month. Wow. Um, Yeah. And so we we had to make some decisions around that. But basically, we have a couple companies that are streamlining the quoting process, one in commercial, one in um, personal lines, one dedicated strictly to cyber. Uh, We have a company that is making it easier for agents to buy and sell um, pieces of business. That's interesting.
0: uh, And what what was that? Is it cake?
1: It's cake. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting business model. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. And as somebody who's from like outside insurance, I, I have talked to Adam a few times, um, the founder, and I'm like, wow, this like really makes sense to me because I don't have to learn insurance; I have to just know buying and selling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I think that is really interesting, and 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 he's built something that that I think addresses some agent concerns. I mean, you know, he brought up the point that agents wouldn't necessarily want. The market to know they were selling the business. You know they might not want customers to be scared that there was going to be a term So he's built in like solutions to these problems. Um, right. We have a couple data analytics companies. We have a company who has a patented technology on uh, jewelry appraisals. Yeah, she's starting with jewelry, but but she can really kind of run the gamut um, to anything that that needs appraised uh, for insurance purposes. And we have a company that is um, focused on retention, so they're they're using AI to um, predict when customers might leave, and then and then alerting agents to allow them to you know take remedial rem- remedial actions um, to, to help uh, companies stay.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. Um, Wow. Well, and I I guess I I would be remiss too to, um, you know, not talk about how Vertifor is getting uh, involved in this. I think, you know, number one, it's how do we make sure that uh, these uh, companies understand how to build towards integration, right? Because even the solution that you just mentioned with retention analytics amazing solution so needed but that data needs to be placed in the right moment at the right time to the right person and and you need that infrastructure to plug into in order to do that so i think that's where vertifor can come in you know we've got a lot of expertise around how to think about uh integration how to have those conversations with larger companies who to look for um you know and even us being more involved uh doug Moore, with the who leads uh, our orange partner program is is getting a little bit more involved in you know teaching some of those classes meeting some of these guys and understanding and ladies you know and understanding where they're at and and whether there's opportunity for vertifor and and a couple of them as well so we're really 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 excited for where you guys yeah, are yeah I, I,
1: I know avi has spoken to doug um that's the name i recognize uh and i think i think it's like important to we're not. We're not going to pick sides, right? Like we're we're going to go big tent um, and and like bring in companies like Vertifor and say, look, yeah, we're not. No one's replacing you. You know, everybody has to work together um, and figure out, like you said, what are these integrations? Where does the data come from? Where does it go to? Is it hitting decision makers? Those types of things. And I think the more that we can involve. Um, the larger institutions around agency management systems and other other types of organizations, even carriers, obviously, um, I think the better off will be, and that's part of our that's part of our introduction. That's part of of recognizing that a little or a developing insured tech company doesn't doesn't exist in a silo, just with the mm-hmm. agent, right? Like it's part of this whole massive in- infrastructure. That often, according to feedback I'm getting, you know, doesn't talk to each other, and so, um, you know, I it's funny because a lot of these companies say, well, we have a two year plan, which is like this system isn't changing in the near term, so so we're coming in and we're gonna you know play nice with the system, but I think a lot of people are thinking, yeah, well, a- after that point, like, how do we how do we just help modernize the entire infrastructure? How do we become a player in that? you know, alongside the Vertifors and other companies that are, that are really driving to do this.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a tough, um, the sequencing of it is really difficult because as a startup, you are in survival mode and thinking about building, you know, spending revenue on integration, spending time on building partnerships when, you know, if you don't get that next client signed up, you know, you're looking kind of down a, a very steep drop is, is very, very difficult. So I, I have the utmost respect for you know, any and all of the founders who are in the program and, and you know, how they're building their roadmap, how they're thinking about getting off the ground, making the product successful, and then ultimately you know, tackling that pivot question on, okay, how do we become a collaborative player in this space? It is not easy. It's very difficult.
1: Yeah, you said that better than I just did. The sequencing is like it seems to me to be incredibly difficult, and, yeah. and even more so than in I think other industries. And like you said, yeah you you have you have priority one, which is to keep the lights on. Um, you know, priority two, pay your people, or uh, inversely or whatever. Um, and then yeah, start adding clients. And I think the big trick is adding the right adding the right customers. You know at the right time that sounds simple but but basically like picking a path and making sure that you can keep those lights on and then mm-hmm. doing those other things that allow you to get to more access to bigger markets to to play nice with the bigger companies um and, and 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 that's just really interesting i'm excited to to dig in with a lot of these companies you know i think one thing that i've talked to them about and i think that they're all without question very interested in is is access to clients um, or is access to agents essentially is that that thing that we're offering is is hopefully a, a differentiator because they definitely have theses. They definitely are a lot of them are working with customers, but they need more feedback. They mm. need that product validation, mm-hmm. and this is an avenue through which they can get that faster. I think and and um, and probably a little bit broader. You know, we we both know. I think some of the leading agents that are technology adopters. I always joke, like, before I took this job, I didn't know there were famous people in insurance. Um, and There, there are aren't.
0: <laughs> Debatable.
1: Famous <laughs> in that slice of the world. Sure, sure, um, sure. But they're, but they're partially, you know, air quotes famous or, or real famous, I don't know, um, because they are on the vanguard of, of, of technology adoption. And, and how do you go downstream into those... People that aren't necessarily like my father, but who are somewhere in the middle, who need a little nudge or just need to see something work. You know, one of the things we learn from customers often is they don't they don't want to be locked into an annual fee right off the bat, right? Yeah. So you get back to pricing, you have a harder time on on sort of ability and willingness to pay. And then you know, if you're running a SaaS business, the dream is the annual recurring revenue, right? You lock people in for a contract that that renews every year without somebody thinking about it. Well. Agents have been burned in the past, um, mm-hmm. and, and they're not entirely sure they want to sign up for for a year of something. And mm-hmm. so, making those adjustments and recognizing that, recognizing that, and hearing that feedback, I think is incredibly valuable. And I know our customers, or sorry, our companies, obviously have heard a fair amount of of, of uh, feedback, but but we're looking to get them more and and sort of figure out ways around some of these these challenges.
0: Man, I'm really excited for what you guys are doing. And I'm curious to see, uh, you know, sort of the next big thing that comes out of 101 Weston Labs. Uh, I, and Pat, seriously, thank you for coming on. I can only imagine how many emails you probably have to attack and, you know, what's your days look like on a day-to-day basis. So I, I really appreciate the time. Um, Vertifor is excited to be involved, and um, for those agents who are listening, they they, they can go to 101 Weston Labs and find out more information.
1: They can find out anything they need to know about the program itself. There is a contact form, and it basically just has a drop-down that says, how do you want to be involved? And if you're an agent, that's the first um, button to click. It asks, I think, five or six questions, which is all just demographic. Where are you? you know, what's your, what's your phone number, um, what kind of business, you know, commercial versus personal, and then you're out and I will follow up, uh, with, with more information. And, and then one thing we want to do as we onboard our companies is basically just understand what their ideal conversations look like, what, what kind of agents they're looking for. Do they care about geography? They are going to care about commercial versus personal, obviously, but, you know, sort of what are they looking for? And then we just start matching them up. Awesome,
0: wonderful, wonderful guys. All right, well get involved if you wanna be on the ground floor of the next big thing when it comes to the independent uh, channel and insure tech world. And with that, Pat, thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, have a great day.
0: Love what you heard? Listen, don't stop here. We know you don't want to. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or YouTube if you love watching and get notified as soon as new episodes come out weekly. Let's go.